Welcome to the Faith Broadcast. I'm Carrick Butler. I lead Faith Christian Center right here in Austell, Georgia. Thank you for tuning in today. I believe today's message is going to equip you and empower you to make Jesus famous in your everyday life. As you listen, something good is going to happen to you. So listen up to the message, apply it, and I'll talk to you after today's message. All right. So um, I'm really in faith tonight uh, <laughs> because I ministered about two weeks ago, August 11th. And I ministered on the subject entitled Eat. And in that message, I basically showed from the word how that God never intended for us living by his word to be optional, okay? And so I went through the scripture showing that us eating of the word of God and receiving the word of God and studying the word and just having a daily time in the word was essential and vital to a successful existence on this planet, okay? In fact, I showed that it was just as vital to eating food, and that's why I entitled it Eat, okay? Because God showed us in the Word that this is something that He intended for mankind to live by, His Word. And He was so good to us that He, even by His providence, uh, put it together in a book called the Bible. Amen. And we just we determined from that message that the Bible is indeed the word of God that we are to live by and that we are to value and esteem uh, to the highest degree. And so I went through a number of scriptures showing that, and I'm not going to go back through those scriptures. If you guys want to, you can uh, look at that message on YouTube. Um, and from the 11:30 service on August 11, um, but this message is kind of like part two to that. Okay, so if you look at that message, it'll probably help this one to make sense. But even if you don't, you'll still at least get the gist of what's being taught tonight. All right, so let's go ahead and jump right into this. If you could, please turn into your Bibles uh, to 2 Timothy chapter two. And verse 15. 2 Timothy <clears throat> chapter 2 and verse 15. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 15. All right. So before I read this verse, I want to say this. Once you have determined and you have settled in your heart that yes, Indeed, I need to have a consistent diet of the word. And so, therefore, I am going to commit myself to listening to the word, you know, every day or reading the scripture or studying the word of God and making it a part of my life. Once you have humbled yourself and, and, and gotten to a place where that's settled in your heart and you know that the word of God is not optional, it's not meant to be an optional thing, for you to study the word, the very next thing that's also vital is what we're getting ready to read right now, okay? So 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 15 says, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Once you determine that you're going to have a consistent diet of the word, this right here, what we just read, is absolutely vital 
in your approach to receiving the word, in your approach to studying the word, you must do this. Amen? Because if you don't, you will find yourself misunderstanding the word. You can even find yourself in bondage in certain places and having wrong thinking about God and having wrong thinking about your relationship with God, wrong thinking about who you are and all of that because you're not rightly dividing the word. But before we get into all of that, I want you guys to notice something about this verse, right? I want you to notice that God is giving you a purpose in your approach to the word. He is giving you a reason. So when you sit down and you decide, I'm going to study the word, you are to approach it for a specific purpose. And that is to show yourself approved unto God. Do y'all see that in the verse? Study to show yourself approved unto God. Now, what's interesting about that is it didn't say study to make yourself approved unto God, did it? It says study to show yourself approved unto God. In other words, when you come and you spend time in studying the word, it is to show yourself that God approves you. He approves of you. Amen? Now, that's tripping some people up because uh, when, you, when, I'm, when you hear me saying that, it sounds like, how can you just say that God approves of everybody? I'm telling you, if you are a believer and you're born again, God approves of you. I didn't say that God approves of everything you do. I didn't say he approves of everything you think. I didn't say he approved of everything you say. I said he approves of you. God approves of you, and you are to study to show yourself of that, yourself that. And it says, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed. Now, that word, that phrase, needeth not to be ashamed, means having no cause to be ashamed. It means irreprehensible. Amen. Irreprehensible means free from blame or reproach. And it's saying that you are to study to show yourself that God approves of you. You are to study to show yourself that you have no reason to be ashamed before God. You are to study to show yourself that you are actually irreprehensible to him. You are actually free from blame or reproach. <laughs> Amen. And it says, rightly dividing the word of truth. So, if you are studying the word, if you are studying the word of God, and you're not getting from the word that God approves of you, you're not getting from it, from it that you're irreprehensible to him, if you're not getting from your study of the word that you are free from blame or reproach, if that's not what you're getting, you're wrongly dividing the word. Listen, if you can rightly divide the word, you can wrongly divide the word. Look at what the scripture says. It says, study to show thyself 
approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, comma, rightly dividing the word of truth. And I understand there were no commas and, and things like that in the original Greek text, but, but still, I believe that the translators, they got it right right here because it's showing us something. Rightly dividing the word will reveal to you that God approves of you. Amen. And we're getting ready to find out why is that the case. So, um, so the way, listen to me, the way to rightly divide the word is to understand the scriptures through the finished work of Jesus. The way that you rightly divide the word is to understand scriptures through the finished work of Jesus. Now, I understand when you study in the Word, you have to look at the context, make sure you see who the audience is, who's doing the talking, when it was taught, when it was said. All of that matters, okay? But I'm saying the overall context of the Word, now that Jesus has finished his work and now that he's seated at the right hand of God, is to understand what am I looking at in the light of what Jesus has already done. So in other words, sometimes when you are studying the word of God, you may have to ask yourself, what does this mean now that Jesus has finished the work of redemption? What does this mean now that he has ascended back to heaven and seated at the right hand of God? And I forgot to get a title of my message. The title of my message tonight is Jesus Matters. Jesus matters. Listen, y'all, I mean that. Jesus ain't just something that happened in human history. He's not just somebody that's in the Word like everybody else, okay? This is not just some event that God just plopped in the middle of the Bible for us to know. Jesus means everything, man. I mean, I'm, I'm serious about that. So let's just look at this a little bit. Go to Luke 24 real quick. Luke 24 and verse 25 through 27. Whew, man, I'm, I, I got so much to cover. I'm going to have to, I may just throw some scriptures out there. And I want you guys to just in your personal time, look at it yourselves, okay? So Luke chapter 24, verse 25 through 27. This is after Jesus uh, went to the cross, died, and after he was risen again, uh, there were two disciples on the road to a village called Emmaus, and they were talking about everything that just happened, how Jesus was crucified and, and how he was uh, whipped and scourged and beaten and hung on the cross and, and, and died. And then they were even talking about people even went to his grave the third day, which is today. And they said his tomb was empty and they saw angels and died. And so they just talking to each other about this. And they say Jesus appeared unto them. And then they didn't recognize him. Okay? And he started talking to them. And he said, uh, he said this. He said in verse, actually, let's look at verse, verse 17. Jesus said unto them, What manner of communications are these that you have one to another as you walk and are sad? Because they were sad about what happened. And then they explained to him, right? And, and so Jesus, after they explained everything to him, look at what he said in verse 25. He said, O oh, fools 
and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And then look what he did in verse 27. And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning who? The things concerning himself. Now in that verse when it says beginning at Moses, it's not just talking about the law of Moses, even though it does include that. When it says beginning at Moses, it's saying beginning at Genesis. And all throughout the Old Testament, because Moses wrote, the, he wrote the first five books of the Bible, okay? So when it says beginning at Moses, Jesus began at Genesis, man, and began to expound to these guys the scriptures concerning himself. In other words, he started showing them what everything meant now that he had finished the work of redemption. Amen? And so look, um, if you jump down to verse 31, and look at this. And their eyes were open, and they knew him, and he vanished out of their sight. And they said one to another, Did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us by the way and while he opened to us the scriptures? I'm telling y'all, when you begin to get an understanding of the scriptures and the word of God through the finished work of Jesus, it's going to ignite a fire in your heart. It's going to ignite a zeal on the inside of you because you'll have yourself out of the way and you'll start focusing on Jesus and who he is and who he is in you and who you are in him and it'll just cause there to be a fire in you, man. If you're not, if you're not on fire for God, you may not be understanding the word through Jesus. Amen? I'm just showing y'all what the words say. All right, so it matters. Everything Jesus did matters. And so sometimes when you study in the Word, it's good to take a high-level approach to the Word and just look at it in its totality and then come down and look at the details. And what I mean by that is it will, make your, it will help you to focus on Jesus and his meaning and everything that it meant that he came. So you could start, just think about this for a minute. Adam and Eve, the fall of man. You know that Adam, what happened in the Garden of Eden? Adam and Eve sinned against God and they became spiritually separated from God and they plunged the entire human race into sin and death, right? And then, so as time went on, the hearts of mankind got darker and darker and darker until the fact that they didn't even know who God was anymore, okay? And so, y'all, what I'm trying to show you is that this thing has been unfolding since the beginning of time, and we in the middle of it, and it's still unfolding right now. And Jesus played, I mean, the game-changing role of human history okay and so he so the hearts of mankind got darker and darker but God found a man named Abram who somewhere in his heart he must have been seeking truth and God revealed himself to Abram and then y'all know the story through Abram he changed his name to Abraham and through Abraham God separated a people unto himself the Jewish people why for the purpose of reintroducing himself to mankind, 
revealing himself once again to mankind because he's going to send the Messiah. But until then, what did he do? He raised up Moses. And Moses gave the law that, that gave all of these commandments and laws and, and ordinances and all of that to separate them from the rest of the world so that they can be a light to the rest of humanity. But Jesus... So the law of Moses, that was only really a band-aid to the issue of, that we had as human beings. The sin issue was not rectified through the law of Moses. The separation from God was not rectified through the law. But Jesus came. Jesus came and made everything right between God and man. Go to Hebrews chapter 9 and let's look at verse 10. Hebrews chapter 9, and let's look at verse 10. Let me show you something. So the book of Hebrews is like a transitional book. It's speaking to the Hebrew people, and it's, made, it's, it's written to transition them from, from um, relating to God and approaching God through the law of Moses and all of its commandments and its ordinances and, and its statutes and all of that, it, it was to transition them to say that Jesus has come. All of that stuff before him was types and shadows, just a temporary fix. But now Jesus has come and he has fixed what was broken. Do y'all believe the cross worked? You know, I heard this guy say that before. Man, it just resonated with my heart. He always say, you know, because, you know, we get religious about certain things. And he was, you know, we get real sin conscious and all that kind of stuff. And I heard this man say, the cross worked. And I said, man, it did, didn't it? It did work. <laughs> and so this is what this is what is trying is the writer of Hebrews is trying to say. So he's talking about a lot of stuff that went on with the law. And look at verse 10. It says, which stood only, and it's talking about the law of Moses, which stood only in meats and drinks and divers washings and carnal ordinances imposed on them until the time of reformation. Y'all see that word reformation? That word reformation in the Greek literally means setting things straight. So until the time of setting things straight, the law of Moses was in place. Okay? So, and it also means to straighten thoroughly. Jesus thoroughly straightened out the issue between you and God. Do y'all believe that is the question? This is what it's all about in the New Testament. The question is, like Jesus said, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith in the earth? Will he find the people? What did Isaiah say when he started prophesying about Jesus and what he would do? He starts off that chapter saying, who has believed our report? Who believes this? That's what God want to know. Amen. So, Jesus came and he set everything straight. Now listen to me. <laughs> when he was on the earth, listen, before Jesus went to the cross, the law of Moses was still in force. God was still relating to man through the law, even while Jesus was on the earth operating in his ministry. Go to Galatians 4. Some of these scriptures we've looked at before, there's going to be some that we haven't. Galatians chapter 4 and verse 4. Verse 4 and 5. 
All right? Uh, say amen when y'all get there. All right, it says, But when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his son made of a woman, made under what? The law. To redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. Remember, the law of Moses was 613 commandments. It included the Ten Commandments that said, Thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not, you know, lie, and, and so on and so forth. And then it had a bunch of thou shalts too. And this is how God, he binded himself. God cut covenant with Israel. And he, he, he gave them the law, and then he ratified it by blood, by the shedding of the blood of the animal to seal it. And God binded himself to the law. Okay, go to Psalm 89 real quick. Psalm 89, verse 34. Psalm 89 and verse 34. I'm going somewhere, just stick with me. Psalm 89 and verse 34. Amen. All right, this is God talking. Look at what he said. My covenant will I not break, nor alter the thing that has gone out of my lips. In other words, God is saying once he gives a covenant, he binds himself to it. Amen. Nothing is going to move him off of it. So the law of Moses and all of its commandments that everybody was failing at was still in force. Okay, thank God for the sacrifice of the animals in those days because if it wasn't for that, they would be in trouble, okay? So look, um, Jesus, let me say this. So Jesus came, and Jesus is, was 100% God and 100% man at the same time, all right? He was 100% God in order to show mankind who God was and what he's really like and what his will is. Amen. Go to John chapter 1 and verse 18. John chapter 1 and verse 18. I know some of y'all like this dude be going to the same scriptures. Well, you know what? So did Kenneth Hagin. And that dude, his ministry, he gone and his ministry still turning the world right side up today. Okay, so I'm in good company. <laughs> so look at this. All right, y'all there? It says, no man hath seen God at any time. The only begotten son which is in the bosom of the father, he hath declared him. And the Amplified puts it this way. No man has ever seen God at any time. The only unique son or the only begotten God who is in the bosom and in the intimate presence of the Father, he has declared him, he has revealed him, and he and brought him out where he can be seen. He has interpreted him and has made him known. Go to Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 3. Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 3. Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 3. All right, so we're seeing that Jesus was 100% God and 100% man at the same time. He was 100% God to show us who God is, what he really like, and what his will is. Look at verse 3. It says, Who being in the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the, of the majesty on high. But it says, 
who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person. The express image means exact copy. Jesus was an exact copy of God. Amen. And so he revealed to us God and who God is and what he's really like and what his will is. But look at this. He was 100% man, look, to identify with us. Go to Hebrews chapter 2. Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 17 and 18. Hebrews 2, 17 and 18. All right, y'all there? So it says, Wherefore in all things it behooved him, talking about Jesus, to be made like unto his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. For in that himself, he himself have suffered being tempted, he is able also to succor them or aid them that are tempted. Go to Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse uh, 15 and 16. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15 and 16. All right. Amen. So it says, For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help and time of need so look at this Jesus he was 100% man to identify with us did you guys know that God cannot be tempted by evil he can't be tempted to sin did y'all know that so what did he do he said wait a minute I need to be able to identify with them so that I can be merciful and so he put on human flesh and came and lived as one of us so he can know how you feel when you're tempted so that once he know how you feel he know now how to help you so when you being tempted it's nothing to be ashamed of you could go to, to your father he'd be like I know what that's like I never yet gave into it but I know how you feel let me help you out amen man God is good he love us glory to God Amen. So, but check this out. Jesus also came and was 100% man to represent us to the Father. So he came as our representative to God. And that's good news. Go to Matthew uh, chapter 5 and let's look at verse 17. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 17. Remember what we looked at a little while ago that when Jesus was in his earthly ministry, the law of Moses was still in force. And God was binding himself to that agreement and relating to us accordingly. Now look at Matthew chapter 5 and verse 17. This is what Jesus was doing when he was on the earth. This, look at what he said. He said, think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy but to fulfill hallelujah think about this now the the law of Moses and all of its commandments and all of its decrees and all of its statutes and judgments and precepts Jesus came because listen y'all listen 